Welcome to the Answers from Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Lalone. In each episode, you'll hear from leaders across the world. You'll hear their struggles, their thoughts on leadership, and a parting word of wisdom from each guest. Are you ready to hear Answers from Leadership? I hope you are, because it's coming at you right now. Today's guest is Michael Teo. He is a global speaker, consultant, and trainer whose passion is geared towards developing the human potential for success. Michael, what else do you want listeners to know about you? Thank you so much, Joseph, and hello to all of you listening to this right now. Well, it's actually past midnight here in Malaysia, where I'm staying in Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital city. So Malaysia is this tiny country in Southeast Asia. We are in between Singapore and Thailand and neighboring Indonesia and the Philippines. And I'm very humbled that you have introduced me as a global speaker. I have the great opportunities, actually, to clock in 39 countries so far, where I've given speeches, conducted workshops, consulted leaders in Fortune 500 companies, in countries like even your country, in the United States, in Canada, in Australia, in New Zealand, in China, in India, even in Zimbabwe and South Africa. So... I'm very grateful that I was able to actually see the world and do what I love doing. That is developing people's lives and moreover discover what makes people tick to become more effective in their lives. And I'm also the co-author of The Potential Matrix, where it's a book that my team and I have invested four years of hard work to understand why millennials or millennials, you know, Joseph, I'm I'm just going to throw this question to you. how old are you, if you are okay to reveal it? Yeah, no problem, Michael. I'm 34. There you go. So, Joseph, you and I, we are what we call the millennials. So, we're not that old. And we are seen as people who are tech-savvy, who were born in the technological age, all right? And what happened is that we actually did a study on this group of people. So, we interviewed people who have been featured on Forbes, on CNN, on the Guinness World Records. Their projects have been featured on Discovery Channel. And then we try to deep dive into what makes them tick, what are their thinking patterns, what are some of the actions that they have taken, and the golden question, Joseph, and to all of you listening right now, how do we replicate them? Which is how we actually got towards producing my first book called The Potential Matrix, which I'll be sharing a little bit more about it coming right up. So, as I've mentioned, traveling around the world, speaking and working with leaders in Fortune 500 companies, I'm very grateful. And I'm extremely grateful, moreover, for this opportunity to speak to all of you right now. And thank you again, Joseph, for having me here. I know, Michael. It's my pleasure. I I love hearing different points of views from people. And, you know, it it looks like you've done quite a bit in your life so far. (laughs) Uh, Here's what I'm going to say, Joseph. You know, people have always asked me, what's the secret to success? Well, number one, success is rather subjective. I think in our world today, a lot of people fall victim into thinking that success is all about money. However, I'll just give you a scenario right here. And to all of you listening to this right now, I have a mentor. Well, two mentors, actually. Two mentors of mine, they're highly successful people. One of them owns a public listed company, one of the bigger ones here in Malaysia. And they have a lot of business deals across Southeast Asia. They're exporting to China. They're importing products, reselling it right here. He's very happy with his life. He's making a million dollars every month. I think a million dollars is going to make a lot of people happy. It's a new standard of living. But 
what I find is that he doesn't have time for his family. And would oftentimes, I find him in a not so good health condition, like he tires himself off, he gets worried whenever his staff resigns or when business is not doing well. So no doubt he's leading a public listed company, a great big player in the marketplace. But again, is he successful? He may be successful because he's cashing in on a million dollars paycheck every month. But if you think about it, is he really successful with life? Now, in comparison with my other mentor, friends of mine tend to make fun of him saying that he's the monk in our group. Um, he's very zen, if I would say. Uh, he doesn't really look into accumulating material wealth, but he focuses on the quality of life. He's very comfortable with what he has right now. He has a small business that keeps him happy. He is able to take holidays, to take days off, to go out with his families, to really have fun. And to that second of mentor of mine, that is success to him. So at the end of the day, I believe, again, I thank you if you think that I've done a lot in my life, which is something I want to share with all of you listening to this right now, not to impress you, but to impress upon you to see what you can learn for what I've done right and what I've done not so right or what I've done wrong, bluntly put. But one of the key traits of highly successful people is we work extremely hard. And we also work extremely smart because we believe as we're working hard, as we're clocking in all the different experiences, interacting with people, for example, talking to you, Joseph, right now, reaching out to all of you around the world, I'm also learning. And that is how we can expand our reach. That's how we can inspire and develop more lives. So again, people have mentioned to me, you know, my acolytes, you know, they are quite notable and I'm humbled with that. You know, being one of the national youth icons recognized by the prime minister. And what a lot of people do not know about me is that I've had the great opportunity actually to conduct a workshop right here in Malaysia in the presence of your president, President Barack Obama, when he visited Malaysia for the first time. And I had the great opportunities to be in a workshop where he visited as a special guest with my prime minister. So again, if, if you look at all of these different components, people may say that, wow, Michael, you're so successful. But really, success is subjective. You put a meaning over success. For me, every time when I get to see a client coming up to me and say, Michael, your book, Potential Matrix, inspired me. Or Michael, your lectures, your training programs, your consultancy has helped me double my income or has actually helped me groom people to become leaders I find success in that. So that's a little bit about me, yeah. I love, I love that. You know, you actually beat me to my question. I was going to ask you, what how, kind of how, how do you define success? And, you know, oh. you basically just shared right there. So thank you. Now, something I caught, you said that you have two different mentors. And, right. you know, success looks very different to each one. Definitely, yes. Um, so how, how does that play into your view of success? I mean, you, you, you know, one's making a lot of money. One's very happy being living a simple life and having time for his family. Great. Well, I think for me, success in life, and again, I learned this from the interviews I've done in the Potential Matrix book, so that I am not impressing upon you of my own personal belief of success. Rather, I am sharing with you what I've gathered after interviewing the world's high-performing millennials. Now, these are people below the age of 35 all around the world. So what I've learned from them is a tree step process on how you can define success. 
Number one, I believe success comes from your personal satisfaction by getting in touch with your personal purpose. It means that in life, does earning all the most money in the world make you happy? To some people, if that is your purpose. However, in most of us, success can also mean having more time with our loved ones or knowing that our efforts are inspiring lives, knowing that people are benefiting from our very presence in this world. If the job or the work that you are working on right now satisfy you personally because of the impact you're creating, based on what we have found out from all these high achievers in our book, that is your first level of success. Because success comes when you have gained inner peace with yourself. You know, that is why you find a lot of executives. And I'm just going to share this like out in front. You know, people say if you work in Wall Street, you earn all the money in the world. In fact, you may earn 10% of the total income of the economy. The only problem is that we also read a lot of news of people working on Wall Street having the most stress. Sometimes you see suicidal cases related to people working in high corporate, high pressure jobs. And when we tend to analyze that situation, we tend to find that that's because they didn't pass stage one of their success definition. In a sense, they were doing something because that thing could lead them to a material wealth, but they themselves know deep inside that it does not resonate with their purpose. Now, obviously, people are then going to ask me, Joseph, like, so Michael, how do we discover our purpose, right? Well, again, you can ask me that questions coming up later. I'm just going to give you a, a glimpse of it because we can do another podcast just talking about finding your purpose, all right? So generally, what happened is that people stumble upon their purpose upon experimentation. I believe in that. Number one, taking personality assessment tools, that helps. Getting mentors, getting coaches, that helps. Also, looking at who do you admire in the industry. For example, if you're in entrepreneurship or you're in employment, there will be a role model whom you admire. More often than not, when you have chosen your role model and you love them so much, that is your subconscious mind telling you, hey, there could be something you could learn from this person. And that is how you could role model after them. You could actually follow their steps to see what they have done so good that you can emulate. And my second point would be, of course, always experiment. You know, I found my passion to inspire and to develop people not to only be successful, but to be highly effective in life. So I discovered that quite late. You know, I've been speaking for the past 12 years right now, but I only discovered my passion, like monetizing it, growing the impact, training other younger people to be leaders, to be trainers, to be consultants. I only discovered my passion three years ago. Again, you know, when I was writing the Potential Matrix book, it helped me discover that. So again, my apologies. I know it's a long answer, but I really want to give you all a lot of value. If That's okay, Joseph, right? Because that is just only stage one. That's only step one, you know? Now, let's talk about step two. So step one, we have success. How do you find success is when you are able to gain inner peace with yourself by relating your purpose of doing something with that success that you pursue, right? Now, the second step I want to talk about here, you know, people always say, Michael, I want to pursue success. Michael, I've discovered my passion. I'm unstoppable. But the moment when they either pursue that job or pursue that new business or pursue that hobby, the reality of life come crashing onto them. And that is, Michael, how am I going to survive? So that leads us to our second step of finding successes. Once you have found your purpose, once you have found what you love doing and really 
just putting monetary rewards aside by seeing your returns, by doing what you love doing. The second step of success is how do you now find a way to sustain that drive, that, that purpose getting you towards your success in life? How do you sustain it? Now, this is when reality cashes in. Reality will tell you that, you know, if you want to be a speaker or if you want to start a small business or you want to get work in a corporate environment, which you are proud of, you need to make some sacrifices. You need to start a plan. If you want to launch a business, have a great business plan, join networking events, join associations, get mentors and coaches to actually help you to define your business model, to refine it more rather. If you want to get into that dream job that you've always wanted to, you have to ask yourself, are you ready to give up the current job? Learn up all the skills. Take an extra course in university or community college. Learn that extra skill and then go in to actually apply for that dream job you want. Now, of course, when we put that plan into action, we have now think about how to be sustainable. You know, one of the things I've learned from my other mentors is that he shared with me the quality of your life is often determined from the qualities of questions you ask. So if you're pursuing your passion, you're, you're heading towards success, you know what success is. The next thing you need to do right now is to basically ask yourself, how do I sustain it? How do I make sure that I'm able to put food on my table? How do I make sure that the thing that I'm working on has so much value that it's able to add value to other people's lives? You know, one of the things that I've always done is that when I produced Potential Matrix, the book, I made sure that when I spoke in conferences, I was highlighting on the Potential Matrix. When I was reaching out to people on podcasts, just like here, I was talking about the Potential Matrix because I know that book has helped change my life. It has helped change 2,000 people's life who have hard copies of the book right now around the world. So I know that I'm able to add value. And with the purchase that we have received, that has allowed me to now embark on a second project, which we are now refining the book. It has allowed me to purchase air tickets, uh, get a internet uh, even hire a team of staff to help me grow the impact that Potential Matrix is making. So that excites me. So the second step of chasing success is be realistic, have a plan, and think about how do you sustain yourself. Now, the third step of success, I believe, is once you've got step one right, that means you're pursuing success, echoing, aligned with your passion, greatest, aligned with your purpose. Step two is you have not asked yourself the golden question. How can I sustain it? How can I actually earn a revenue out of it so that I can reinvest it into my passion and purpose so that I could enhance and improve my contributions to the life of others or to the world? And then the third step of success is find the inner balance. That it means when you're chasing success, sometimes when you have met Step number one, and when you're good at step number two, oftentimes people sacrifice a lot of their downtimes, a lot of their rest times, a lot of their times that would rather spend with family. They sacrifice that in the name of work. However, that's when you find a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of highly successful people, as we found out in our book, they burn out because they find it, you know, I want to do this because I'm, I love it. I'm passionate about it. But right now, I feel so tired doing it. You know, and that passion, that purpose that they first pursued has become a nightmare to them. So one of the things I would always advise people to do, or I would suggest, is that as you have found your rhythm, business is growing well, you have found that job you want, never ever forget to visit the softer parts in life. 
you know, spend more time to your loved ones, get into a mentoring session, get some coaching, read more books to enhance yourself so that you are constantly reminded that in your pursuit to change people's lives, you are also enhancing your own life, giving yourself a break and giving yourself the love that you want. So those would be the three steps process of how I would describe success. I know it's a little bit of a long answer, but a lot of value right there for all of you. Yeah, there's quite a bit of value. You know, I, I really like step three. It's saying that we have to, you know, focus on ourselves and our families and loved ones. And I think a yes. lot of leaders kind of, kind of mess up in that department. You know, they're so focused on building that success, building their organizations that, you know, family goes by the wayside. Right. Um, right. Do you have any recommendations on how to put your family and yourself first yes. as you're building your success? Well, here we go. Okay. Um, I've, I've had a lot of mentors in my life. I've read a lot of books. And this is a very common problem. And I'll be honest with you, Joseph, and to all of you listening to this, I have that problem too until today, you know, because we're so passionate in doing what we do. Like you're so passionate in ensuring that you produce this great podcast that can impact lives, right, Joseph? Yep. So what happens is that like right now it's 12 a.m. here in Malaysia and I'm not sleeping. In, 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 in fact, I'm so energetic. I really want to be out there so that I know that the message I'm sharing with you and your listeners would change their lives. However... Leaders would always say, I do not have the time or work calls or I have other priorities in life. But one of the things I learned from my mentors and the books that I've read is that as leaders, you can always make time. You know, the, 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 the ability to make time actually relies on you. It's your call if you're going to make time or not. So, for example, you could be busy as hell, but if you made that commitment to dedicate five hours in a week, that you would spend with your family. Again, I would advise you to have more hours, not just five. Uh, clear out the weekends. The weekends are for loved ones and families. But if you have to, clear out five hours a week and just block those dates off. You know, one of the things that I get laughed at, uh, laughed at by my own staff in my office is that I now have to book on my Google calendar like, Michael's resting day, Michael's resting day. And it gets really hilarious. Like people would tell me like, you don't have to tell the world that you're resting. But I said, I have to, because I am such a workaholic when I first started my business, my speaking career, my consulting business, that in the end, right, what happened is that I need a calendar to tell me when to rest. And I know that whenever I see that Google calendar start blinking, like how it reminded me of our podcast right now and reaching out to your listeners, I know that it's time to commit towards what I've set at that time. If it's a resting time, I'm going to commit to rest. And I think that helps with recharging. You know, I think the one suggestion I can give to all leaders, though it's very challenging to do, but you need to make it a habit. I believe once you have done something consistently, it becomes a habit. And that habit you need to have is to be absolutely disciplined, not in doing your work, but to be absolutely disciplined in giving yourself some time off. You know, and again, I've learned a lot from interviewing these people in Potential Matrix, my book, and also my mentors. There's something called serendipity, all right? So for those of you who have not heard about this term before, go and Google it, go and Bing it. Serendipity, in my own definition, means you often find opportunities to either be more successful in life or to be more meaningful in life in the least expected occurrences, or the least expected encounters, or the least expected events. So what happened is that even though sometimes we're so busy chasing success in our lives, when we give ourselves a little break, take a walk in the park, 
go out for dinner with our loved ones, catch up with our friends, go out for some drinks with our loved ones. Sometimes serendipity occurs where the most unexpected opportunity could become your most powerful moment in life. You could either stumble upon an opportunity which you've always wanted. You could have rekindled a relationship with a loved one who could then recommend your products or your services to their boss who would be your biggest contractor. Or you could actually be calling out old friends out who you've never met for years out for some drinks. And as you're sharing with them some of your ideas, one of them would come up to you and say, hey, there's an opening in my company. Why not you join? I believe you have the right portfolio for it. Now, again, people tend to say, Michael, how are some people so lucky in life? I believe luck is a lot about preparation. So what happened is that, you know, if you go out and meet more people and if you give yourself time to love yourself, serendipity does happen. So, again, that would be my suggestion for those busy people out there. Love yourself and allocate time for you to catch up on little things in life. Yeah, I really like your suggestion of putting down your rest times on your calendar. You know, that way they're blocked off. And now when you do that, do you actually specifically state Michael's resting time or do you just kind of have it blocked off as a meeting? Oh, no. Michael's resting time. So so people see that and they go, no, no contact. Yeah, don't disturb me. Um, If you want to disturb me, it has to be something fun. Uh, it has to be something creative, you know. Uh, during my resting time, I, I would often meet my mentors to actually learn from them. I would often meet my own staff to actually explore with them some ideas on how we could grow the business, how we could impact more lives. So I, I love rest time. But, but yes, you need to put like Michael's rest time or Joseph's rest time. And it's not really about telling other people what you're doing. It's more of reminding yourself about that's your time to rest. You know, you say a lot of times that serendipity moment comes in our in, in the resting periods. Can you share a serendipity moment that you've had? Well, in the year 2011, I've had the great opportunities to actually won a competition. Uh, and the competition, uh, the grand prize, was a one-year all-expense-paid-for trip around the world. And that was the year when I went to 22 countries And I was working with NGOs, with governments, and also with businesses who were sponsoring my trips. And in every country I've been to, including the United States, where I traveled to San Francisco, New York, I was in Los Angeles, you know. Haven't been to your part yet, Joseph. I would love to visit there one day, you know. So what happened is that as I was traveling around the world, and my job was to develop young people, young leaders in organizations, the millennials. I found out that as I hopped on every country, there were some remarkable young people. You know, these are people who are your entrepreneurs. These are people who are your young advocates. These are people who are vying to be the youngest senator in your administration. One of them whom I happen to know right now who's running for the youngest senator in the United States. It's a lady. So what happened is that as I hop around these countries, I find that, you know, you have all these young people right here. Yet, they work in silos. Of course, they go to networking events. They are involved in international associations. But I find that they are not, they do not have the avenue to share how did they become who they are at such a young age. Their achievements that they have clocked in would take an average person at least 20 years to do. They have done it and they're in their early 20s. That's insane. So I was thinking that what if 
a CEO who is in his 30s or 40s is able to grab their knowledge and apply it in his workplace or in his life, you could accelerate your growth. Now, what happened is as I work with these young people around the world, I came back to Malaysia after my world expedition was done. I came back to Malaysia in 2012 and I started thinking, what can I do? And that was the time, you know, you talk about serendipity moment. I started asking myself, hey, no one has asked these young people about how they accelerated their success. How did they actually cut half of the time that they need to be great in life to contribute to the world? Why not I do that? So I emailed them back, arranged Skype calls, like what we're doing right now, doing podcast interviews. And then I got them to be part of my book, Potential Matrix. And that was how everything started. And, you know, it's funny as well, Joseph, when, when I came back to Malaysia in 2012, I was working in a management consulting firm and we were working with the biggest companies in the country and across the region. Now, one of the things is when I was working as a management consultant, it forced me to think on how do I structure all these secrets, all these techniques, all these strategies and ideas that have been used by all these very successful young people around the world? How did I structure it to make sure that it is practical and literally anyone who picks up the book could use it immediately in their lives? So again, can you imagine this on a hindsight? If I was not employed as a management consultant, I would have written a motivational book which wasn't my intention. I wanted to write a strategical book that gives you step-by-step -step guide on how you could replicate these young successes. So again, management consulting, went around the world, working with very extraordinary young leaders. I believe those are all serendipity. So opportunities just mushroom from one source. So again, you know, my suggestion for all of you listening to this right now is, you know, don't give up. As Steve Jobs said, you know, don't give up. Don't lose your passion. Always be seeking and you will find something like that. So, you know, just, just, just pursue that path and you will not go wrong. Great. What do you wish you would have known about success in your early 20s? Wow. The first thing I would say is when I was in my early 20s, you know, I was studying in university in New Zealand. So that's far away from Malaysia. I started marketing and international business and I had the opportunities to work with a lot of people. But I think if you were to ask me if I could reverse time, what would success mean for me when I was in my early 20s? I would say I may not have experimented enough. Like I knew I wanted to inspire lives. I knew that I wanted to do something to help people discover their potential. But those are dreams that I left it at the back burner of my vision. I was training to be a management consultant. I was training to be a corporate guy. I've never imagined that I'm going to be a speaker today. I've never imagined I'm going to be an entrepreneur working with companies in Fortune 500 ranks. I never imagined that. So if I were to reverse back time, I would imagine success to me could be starting early and experimenting and do not rule out, do not silent that little voice that has been telling you what you've always wanted to do. Because oftentimes our subconscious mind is so powerful that it gives out hints on what we are meant to do in this world. So for me, I believe success during that time would be letting me discover my purpose earlier on. But am I complaining that I've only discovered my purpose like three to four years ago? No, I'm not. Again, serendipity. You know, if I've discovered my passion in my early 20s, I'm not sure if I would have clocked in 
all these achievements and all this hard work, sweat, blood, and tears, there are also blood as well. And how did I get to this point right now? So I think it's all relative. It's serendipity again in action. So that would be how I define success, you know. In addition to your book, what other book would you recommend to a young person looking to define success? Wow. Okay. So the first book that definitely has changed my life is a book by Tony Robbins. And I must say that he's a great teacher of mine. He's a great mentor. Uh, He's a great coach whom I, I attended his seminars. Great guy, Tony Robbins, the world's number one peak performance coach. And he's written a book called Awaken the Giant Within. And I would really recommend all of you, you know, just get that book and have a read about it. And then the second book I would recommend would actually be a book on financial literacy. So that book is written by T. Huff Ecker called The Millionaire Mindset. Now, The Millionaire Mindset book, now, don't don't keep me wrong, from my own personal impression, it can be seen as a book that will just guide you towards creating monetary wealth. But everybody wants monetary wealth. But again... If you look at money as something demonic or as something like, oh, it sways you to the wrong side of life, it makes you more cruel, I would like to challenge that perception. Instead, think about if you could make a living and if you could expand your impact to people and if you get paid for it, you can use those money, those resources, those economic wealth to hire more people, to invest in better technology to buy air tickets so that you can inspire more lives in other countries. Or if you're running a business, to create broader range of products. If you're in a job, you know, with that earned income, you could invest in some side investments where it could give you some residual income so that you are able to quit your day-to-day job assuming that you don't like it and then focus on what you're really passionate about doing without worrying about the income because it would have been produced by all those investments you have made. So these will be the two books that I will highly recommend. And aside from my book, uh, Potential Matrix. And if listeners wanted to connect with you, how would you recommend they go about doing that? Well, thank you. Again, I would love to connect with all of you. And again, thank you so much, Joseph, for having me here. I've been talking about my book, The Potential Matrix, but I understand I haven't even shared about how can you get in and what are the links. So you could actually find out about Potential Matrix at www.potentialmatrix. Dot com. That is P-O-T-E-N-T-I-A-L-M-A-T-R-I-X.com, PotentialMatrix.com. You can go onto the site and have a read, and then you can get the book. Now, obviously, when once you get the book, well, with your permission, of course, uh, you would be in my database. And what happened is that, you know, you could write to me, and I will be writing to you because I'll be communicating with you. In fact, I need to give credit where credit is due, you know, at Joseph, you know, you're just... You're one of those podcasters whom I've heard before and I I follow you and then I emailed you and I'm so grateful that you're having me on your show, which is why when I walked in today, the first thing I thought about was, you know what, let's talk about PotentialMatrix.com at the end of our conversation. But first, I want to give all these anecdotes, all these ideas just to create that awareness among your followers so that they can improve their lives. So go to www.PotentialMatrix.com. All right. I'll make sure I have that linked up in the show notes. And Michael, thank you so much. Michael, do you have any parting words of wisdom? Well, my parting words of wisdom, which is a mantra that I've kept in my life that has been the guiding torch to lead me forward. I believe in a world today when we have so much distractions, we have so much of advertising, we have so much of conflict around the world. Human beings tend to get 
deterred. Human beings tend to get disturbed. But I always believe in this. Never wait for opportunities. Instead, create opportunities. And do that over and over and over and over again. Because that is what I've been doing. And it has actually connected me with remarkable people just like yourself, Joseph. And once you start doing it often enough, it becomes a habit. That consistency becomes a habit. And once it becomes a habit, you enjoy the process. You do not wait for opportunities. You go out there, you reach out to people, you go out there, you pursue your dreams, and you create your own opportunities. Those will be my parting words for all of you listening to this right now. Great. Thank you again, Michael, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. And take care, everyone. Thank you again, Joseph, for hosting me. It's really a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on episode 29 of the Answers from Leadership podcast as Michael and I discuss how to find success in your life. What I took away from our chat was you have to be intentional in how you view success. When you don't know what success looks like to you, you can't find it. If you would like the show notes for today's episode, you'll find them at jmlalonde.com slash 029. Also, I would appreciate it tremendously if you would leave us a rating and review for the Answers from Leadership podcast. You can find that link in the show notes as well. Until next time, continue to lead well.